Today is the 25th of January 2021. I see that it's already been 25 days that have passed in this new year. And so time falls away very quickly. So this training, this practice of cultivating um, samadhi, making the mind well established, bringing it to one object, that's something that uh, we put our efforts into. So this object could be that of the breath, watching it as it comes into the body and leaves the body, and using this as the foundation of our recollection. And when we're standing, sitting, walking, or lying down, we have a lot of mindfulness over our activities. So when our mindfulness is well-established, and samadhi will become well-established following that, that these two qualities go together. And uh, they are part of this eightfold path of sila, samadhi, and panya. So sometimes, however, things aren't in balance. There may be too much samadhi. And in this state, wisdom can't arise. But if we use excessive wisdom, and uh, our samadhi is lacking, then the mind can just become scattered, and it's not balanced. With mindfulness, however, the more we have, the better. That mindfulness doesn't uh, give rise to any waste, it doesn't uh, ruin anything. And we're also well established within sila, within virtue, and we bring up right view about merits about skillful things and uh, we have this as our foundation and then from that foundation we engage in this practice so we try to give rise um, to an understanding in the dhamma and to abandon all selfishness in the hearts and the extent to which we can do this is the extent to which our hearts become radiant And through this, uh, the mind gains great value. It's of enormous worth. So this training to bring up sacrifice, um, giving up these feelings of me and mine, uh, is something that we do need to try to do. It is a training. uh, Because it's normal for us to have this, that everyone in this world who is born into this world uh, feels um, that this is me, that these things belong to me. And uh, our minds have been caught in the cycle of death and birth for such a long time now. We can't count the number of lives that we've had. And then they've come to be born once again. And this is due to the delusion that we have towards forms, towards sounds, um, tastes, odors, and uh, physical contact. There's a liking uh, towards these things, and these sense experiences, they exist in the world. So if we don't abandon our delight towards them, our attachment towards them, then the mind will come to be born in this world again. And once it's born, it goes through old age, sickness, and death, separation from those around us. So once we take birth, we have a mother, we have a father, we have relatives, And we see all of them grow old and steadily get older and older. 
And separation from them is something that's natural. In another hundred years, in the year uh, 2,121, all the people around us will have died. There will be very few people left in the world who are alive now. And in 50 years from now, then half the people who are alive now will be dead. And so why do people um, have this great sense of self? Why is there so much ego? And why does this give rise to so much chaos, to so much confusion? And it's because of the energy, the power of delusion in the hearts. And this is what propels the mind into proliferation due to the delusion there, delusion in me and mine. And uh, all the paths of this world uh, just lead to uh, being further embedded in the sense of self. So for us, we've met with the teachings of the Buddha. And um, we don't know uh, how long we've uh, been lost for, how long we've been deluded for. Um, But when we meet with this truth of suffering, this truth of stress, then we ask ourselves, well, why do I feel this? I don't want to have this stress in my heart, but it's there. don't want for there to be this internal agitation. So we study, and we find that there is a cause to this stress, and that cause is wrong view, is delusion, and that what gives rise uh, to um, ignorance, to clinging and to craving. So how do we overcome these? How do we defeat them? Well, this delusion has been embedded in our hearts for such a very long time now. And if we don't train, we have no idea how long this delusion will carry on for. It will just go on without stop. But if we do put our efforts into this training, in this life, at the very least, we'll be able to reduce the amount of delusion that we have in our hearts. And this then becomes a cause for the complete destruction of that delusion. But if we really throw our efforts and give it all that we have in this life, then it's not difficult. In the beginning, however, it does feel like it's difficult, but as the years pass by and we spend those years practicing, then the hardships lessen the amount of internal agitation and chaos reduces, reduces. So we do need to bring up our sincerity. We need to focus on this, to carry on without retreat, to put on our efforts constantly. Because we want samadhi, we want wisdom, and we need to train to get these things. When we have this uh, firm intention and we need to carry through with that. And so there are many people who have traveled here um, from overseas, come here to ordain, and they've had to travel for um, a long distance to get here. And people who have come from England, from Brazil, America, New Zealand, Australia, they've come here for the purpose of uh, training in this path of practice. It takes a very long time to come from these countries. 
sometimes 24 hours or 18 hours, 12 hours, 9 hours, you have to sit in a plane. And it's not easy to overcome the obstacles um, to arrive here. So having arrived, need to bring up efforts to be sincere. Most of the monks here, whether Thai or from overseas, have studied to quite a high degree. Most have uh, at least got their bachelors. And so why is it that samadhi doesn't come up? Well, if we follow the correct method, then samadhi can arise and it's not difficult. But it's just that it requires our sincerity to to put those methods into practice. need to really have a lot of mindfulness, train to keep this mindfulness, no matter what posture we're in. Before we speak, then we bring up mindfulness. And uh, the less that we talk, the more we'll be able to see what's going on in our minds. Because the delay between thought and speech is very, very short. It's uh, less than a second that the brain orders the mouth to start moving. And the more we speak, the less mindfulness we have. Uh, But if we try to speak less, then our mindfulness increases. And we're also able to spend that time studying, studying into this nature of not-self, that there's no being, there's no me, there's no other. And we can teach ourselves, we can ask ourselves, well, who is the one who is talking? Who is the one who is listening? We see that uh, really there's no person there, and we can train our mindfulness in this way. So when we do establish mindfulness well, and then samadhi comes following that. And we see that the one who is speaking isn't really there. The one who is listening isn't there. And wisdom arises. So therefore, we do need to firmly train. We need to bring effort um, to train these minds in order to gain success. And if we set our hearts on the practice in this way, training our minds in this way, having efforts, um, bringing up caution, restraint, then in the end we will meet with peace. And when there is this peace there, this becomes a cause for knowledge to arise, for wisdom to manifest. So we look into our minds, and sometimes in the mind there are different intentions there. Sometimes there's the intention to harm, to inflict pain. And sometimes there's the intention to indulge in sensuality, thinking that we'll get some happiness from that. But these aren't the middle ways of practice. But if we have mindfulness there, this awareness present in our minds, then we'll see that our thoughts are this way. That if they're going off into liking or disliking, we're able to restrain our speech, to not speak on that, to not act upon it. And this is sila. And then we can see the arising and ceasing of thoughts, and wisdom arises due to this. So in the uh, beginning, 
there can often not be much peace within the mind. And the mind's always trying to wriggle out of um, any meditation practice that we put it upon. But as we carry on, then eventually it does settle down. There's an inner coolness, an inner quietude. And uh, the thoughts will stop and peace will replace those thoughts. And um, sometimes, suddenly, the mind feels very bright. The body feels very buoyant. Uh, but in the beginning, it often doesn't come quite to that degree. Uh, maybe when samadhi starts to arise, the body starts swaying back and forth, or the hairs stand on end, or tears start flowing down our cheeks due to the very deep gratitude uh, that we have. It can be the foot or our hands um, disappear. And this shows that real internal happiness is starting to come, and we see the results of training in meditation. And so we see also alongside that the danger of not being in a state of inner collectedness. We see the benefit of this collectedness, of a mind that's brought to peace, that's still. And seeing both these things, the danger in lack of peace and the benefit of peace, of brings up even more intention to do more sitting meditation, more walking meditation, to bring up mindfulness. This happens because of seeing the benefits and seeing the dangers. And from there, we don't need to explain a lot to ourselves about this practice. But rather, whenever we have the time, we'll try to practice. And so just like if there's a field and... Um, There's a buffalo or a cow uh, that will come to the field uh, to eat uh, the crops that are there. And it's just natural that it will um, be attracted and wants to go towards that field. So for us, it's the same when we're really practicing. If we have the time, the opportunity, and then we'll want to do walking meditation, we'll want to do sitting meditation, we try to find the opportunities to do this, to practice a lot. But also, while we're working, we bring up mindfulness, so that the mind doesn't get all scattered. And sometimes we may have, a, um, we may have personal um, projects or work that we do that bring up happiness, that bring up a sense of a, a meritorious heart. And these things can help to develop mindfulness and, sorry, to develop samadhi and wisdom. So we bring up our efforts and we carry on without stopping. And when we do this, then the mind will begin to stop, but it'll stop thinking. And when there isn't this prol proliferation, when there aren't these thoughts, and then we'll see into the truth. And what's that truth like? Well, it's actually something that is here already. It's present. It's open. The state of inconstancy, of degeneration, of not-self. So why is it that we don't see it? The Dhamma is right here in front of our noses. So why don't we see it? Why doesn't our mind perceive that? And sometimes uh, we can think 
um, about, oh, sorry, we can compare this um, to external and internal light. So if there's no light outside, there's no light in this world, um, then even though there may be a form present and our eyes may be working well, the nerves that connect the eye to the brain are functioning, but still we don't see it. Even if that form is just one meter away from us, we can't perceive it because of the presence of darkness. There's no light, so we can't see. And if there is light, however, there's a form there, our eyes are functioning well, then we'll be able to see that image. So what about our minds? Well, if, even if our external eyes are blind, but our internal eyes are functioning, we'll be able to understand the Dhamma, be able to see the Dhamma, because we see it within our hearts. So we train our minds to settle into a state of peace. And then from that state of peace, um, knowledge arises, the jhanas can come up. And even if we close our eyes, then we'll be able to see into that truth. So some people, they ask, well, when you sit in meditation, how can you see anything? That even when you open your eyes, you can't see the truth. So how could you possibly see it when you close your eyes? But when we sit and there's samadhi, the mind's at peace. And we don't need to open our eyes in order to see into the truth. We can sit there with our eyes closed and perceive that. But if the heart is dark, however, then even if we open up our eyes and see different things, um, then the mind just gets dragged into liking or disliking towards those forms, towards those sounds. And the mind is dark. But when we close our eyes, then this can aid us in bringing up internal light. So we need to, to train in this. We need to have caution. And when we do have this caution, restraint, when we've trained our minds well, uh, then, there'll, then there will be peace. Um, and when there's this internal peace, then wisdom can arise. Knowledge can arise. The jhanas can come up. The factors of sila, samadhi, and panya can gather together into one and uh, become well-balanced. They connect together. And this then becomes the path for us to see the Dhamma. Um, but if they're not mixed well, uh, then we won't be able to perceive that truth. And just like how when we're cooking food, um, all the ingredients need to come together in a state of harmony. Or like if we're brewing coffee and we don't prepare it well, if we don't mix the ingredients well, uh, then it's not delicious. So for all things, we need to be skilled. We need to have knowledge in how to mix things together. And this is the same, or this is the case for coffee. It's the case for food. And it's also the case for this path of sila, samadhi, and panya. And if they do come together in a harmonious way, and we'll see clearly, even with our eyes closed, we'll see the Dhamma. We won't have any doubts. We'll perceive this nature of anicca, dukkha, anatta. So everyone should train in this practice. 
and for the laity as well, to bring up your efforts to really train, that you have this um, sense of sacrifice, abandoning the self uh, through this practice of generosity and virtue, giving your support to the Buddha sasana. I give my Anamodana, I rejoice in your efforts of supporting this religion. And we carry on practicing until our minds do gather together into, into a state of samadhi. And from this wisdom will arise. So may all of you set your hearts on this. <laughs>